men to be saved, there is only one way, and that is one man like Ezekiel to step out in the midst of that valley and preach the only message God has promised to bless. And that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Hello, everybody. Uh, my name is Neil Groudon. Um, today we're going to be talking about what it means to be made in the image of God and why that is important. Um, here to my left, I have uh, Hunter Zimmerman, and on my right here, I have um, Evan Westfall, and um, he's gonna introduce himself really quickly. Hi, I'm Evan Westfall. I'm studying Christian ministry from the same place as Neil and Hunter. That's me. Hey, I'm Hunter Zimmerman. Uh, yeah, we still, we still go to GCU. <laughs> still here. We're still, still here. here. <laughs> same people. <laughs> So we're going to start out, um, Hunter's going to start out by telling us exactly how God made us in his image. All right, wonderful. So real quickly, we're just going to go over being made in the image of God and just the surface level, like, why is that important? Why is it in the first couple verses of the Bible? It's one of the very first things we learn about. So, you know, we'll read uh, Genesis 1, again. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God. He created him, male and female, he created them. So, one, we are created by God. Like, I did not create woman by my myself reaching into my own rib and plucking out a woman. I did not do that. <laughs> God did that. Exactly. God has made, God is the creator and he has dominion and authority over his creation. It's among um, the same scriptures of the... Uh, potter in the clay. So basically, we're made in the image of God, and we serve a purpose. Just as uh, we, just as the sky and the nature serves a purpose of God to point to God and bring glory to God, so too are humans. Humans are in the same category. God tells us to do things, just as God has commanded nature, and nature obeys. And, we won't get into the nitty gritty of how those differ, but <clears throat> human beings are made to create, we're created to glorify God. We are made to be the image bearers of God. We are meant to be the stewards of the earth. God says, uh, subdue the earth over your dominion. You will have dominion over all other living creatures. We are the most elevated above creation for we bear the likeness and image of God. We are responsible <laughs> To God, we are held accountable to God, and we have a high authority within God. He uses us for a very great purpose, and that is to fully, you know, ultimately comes down to fully realizing, glorifying God and, in the most basic sense. And also, um, I just want to add on to what he's saying there, that when sometimes we think of being made in the image of God as meaning created in the image of God's body, and that my hand is exactly like God's hand. Um, however, we must understand, that this is really important, that God does not have a body. God the Father. God the Father, doesn't. he does not have a body. And when Jesus came, he entered into 
um, he entered into the flesh. Um, John 4, 24 says, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. So we are not made in the, in the image of God in the sense that my body looks just like his, but God had to enter into flesh in the form of Jesus. Um, and um, so we are, the better way to explain it is man bears the image of God's soul, so to speak. So do you have anything else to say on that, Andrew? Yeah, it's uh, really think about the likeness. We are made in the image of God to bring about his likeness. So like we're referring to like intellectual, emotional, moral capabilities. Yeah. Like, like very cows spiritual. don't make moral choices that they're held that is the, That is the biggest difference. Ultimately, we are mm-hmm. made in the image of God. We have a soul. We have a connection with God. Other creations such as trees or animals exist. They bring glory to God. They are perfectly good to God. He created them. He said they were very good. He said that about us. But they don't have a soul. They don't think. Uh, they're, they're not going to be judged. No, they're not going to. Yeah, one, they're not going to be judged. <laughs> cow and They did what they did. The cow mooed and <laughs> did its purpose. Good job, cow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, is That's, this. I just thought of this just now, and I'm sorry because it's a little bit off topic, but is that why, I think about this sometimes, is that why we aren't vegans and we don't believe that it is immoral and inhumane to eat cows? Exactly. Because cows aren't made in the image of God, and and to say that cows have value the same way that humans do, it doesn't elevate the value of cows, it just just trashes the value of humans. But then we also don't like animals. Like yeah, human beings, absolutely. I would say even good Christians are like, well, I don't think we should, you know, animal abuse is bad. Mm. But I mean, and that's one of those things where the current cow industry, they don't, you know, handle cows very well versus back then it was on pastures. So we can get into that. We're not going to talk about the food industry right now. Okay, so, really so but I think a key <laughs> distinction to make through this conversation, however, is that God, when he created us in his image, also gave us. Um, authority over the earth. And uh, and it says in Genesis 1, uh, verses 28 and 29, And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth, and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food. And then in verse 30, it says, And to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the heavens, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. So the the key distinction to make is we have authority. And that is what separates us from the animals. We were created in the image of God. And also more more inherent value. Yes. And so the best way to explain it is use the word special. We are special because we have the the image of God, um, but we are not valuable, if that makes sense. We have a we have a special view in the eyes of God, or He sees us as is special because we are we have His image, but we are not valuable. God does not need us for anything. He is completely holy, other. He is different, and He does not need us for anything. So we are not. We are not valuable, but we are special in the eyes of God. Um, and also, make this distinction too: when God created us, He did not create us. He did not create us with sin. He created us 
holy and righteous and full of knowledge, um, just as he is, like Evan said, with morals. Um, and that is what we bear is image bearers of God. And when we, when we, when we fell to sin, um, we lost that holiness, that righteousness. And, um, yeah. So, um, do you have anything else to say on that, you guys? Uh, going, just going back over, uh, talking about like why a Christian perspective for why we don't abuse creation just as we don't abuse we're meant to be stare we're meant to be stewards and rule over the earth and take care of it we're taking care of god's creation it's not something that are made this also kind of ties back into our bodies are not our own it is a creation from god as a temple of the holy spirit for christ followers so we take care of it because it's not ours it's a gift from god also um in terms of let's see like the human beings not having value. So to God, yes, human beings are not valuable. However, human being, human life has inherent value mm-hmm. because we are created by God. We don't have value over one another. It is a consistent yeah. value. Um, a disabled black man is has as much valuable life as a perfectly working class Asian in China. Like it's it's life. It's a human life. And uh, we'll also talk about how life in the womb is just as valuable, but that's for another topic. Yeah, we'll talk about that later on today. There was another thing. It was a, um, I can't remember. I, I was going to bring up um, the implications for like like uh, conflicting worldviews. So, so this is why, this is why Christians, this is why Christians um, have a, a reason to say, it's wrong to murder. The atheist can't really give any basis. The reason for that is that we're made in the image of God. And according to the atheist, we're really just more advanced apes or primordial slime or just matter bumping into matter. And there's really no ultimate value or, you know, there's nothing ultimately wrong with killing a human versus killing a cow or killing a tree. But um, we'll talk about that later. Is this me again? Yeah, so we're going to, now Evan's going to talk a little bit. Um, I'm going to read to you guys really quickly. Genesis 2, verses 18 through 24. Then the Lord said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. Now out of the ground, the Lord God had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all livestock and to the birds of the heavens and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper for him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man. And while he slept, took one of his ribs and closed up his place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, this at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife and they shall become one flesh okay so um i guess the spicy issue of the day is men and women and equality and blah 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 all of that so um we just want to talk about what what the bible has to say about man and woman um 
I'm sure there's lots and lots of criticism out there that the Bible is sexist and misogynistic and um, patriarchal. <laughs> Paul, Paul hated women. Yeah, Paul hated women. Oh, it, which is funny you should say that because I actually do have a, a verse for that. But so, yes, uh, the Bible the Bible teaches that wives ought to submit to their husbands. Um, the Bible also teaches that husbands ought to love their wives as Christ loved the church. Um Ephesians 5. So uh, that's kind of the, the very basic way of looking at it. Um, the, the Bible does absolutely teaches that men and women are both made in the image of God. They are, they are absolutely equal in, in value and, and all of those things, value and, and dignity and, and everything like that. Um, where they differ is simply in, in roles and gifts of God in, in terms of what they're good at. So a father versus a mother, like a, a mother is going to be naturally amazing at so many things that the man is just not amazing at, at all. Um, like taking care of children. <laughs> taking care of children. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're different. Yeah. And they nurturing and, and emotionally connecting with people and, and children and things like that and and understanding and thinking about those things. So so many ways where women are talented and gifted and skilled in ways that men are not. And likewise, there's many things that men can do where they're better at it than women. So if you know if somebody started if I was walking around with my fiance on campus and then we heard machine gun fire across the way. I'm, I'm not a Navy SEAL. However, I'm not going to turn to Ari and ask her, what do we do? Uh, she's, she's plenty smart. She's capable. But because I am the man in that situation, and I hope you all would agree, I'm the one who's going to say, we're going to go here. We're going to do this. We're going to do this because I'm taking the lead in that role because I'm the man and she's not. I, I don't I'm sure that's going to make somebody really, really angry, but that's, that's, that's exactly how the that's, Bible teaches. Exactly. It. And then I, I had a, this, this verse in Philippians four, it's not much, but Paul says, um, I entreat name one and I entreat name two. Um, it's Yodia and Syntyche. <laughs> no clue how to say that. Um, but I entreat this girl and that girl to agree in the Lord Yes, I ask. Apparently, they had some dispute. Yes, I ask you also, true companion, help these women who have labored side by side with me in the gospel together with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. So the Apostle Paul, who allegedly hates women, um, again, this isn't much here, but it's it's important to note. He, he treats these two women in this church, the Philippian church that he's writing to, he refers to them as women who have labored side by side with him in the gospel together with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. So he affirms that he stands shoulder to shoulder with them in the gospel. He, he does not see them as less valuable to the spread of the gospel. He doesn't see them as having less humanity, less human dignity or anything like that. And, you know, he, he sees them as his fellow workers. And I, I think that has a lot of, importance
especially coming from the Apostle Paul, who's the, the alleged woman hater here. Yeah. Um, that that to him, these women in these this church, he says, Hey, these those women, they're my fellow workers. Mm-hmm. I stand I stand side by side with them in the spread of the gospel. You know, they're my fellow laborers and their names are in the book of life. So Yeah, and, and not only that, but like when like Evan said, like is Christ love the church? You know, that like Christ loved the church by dying. Christ loved the church by dying for the church. Um, so, I mean, the Bible gives a clear value to both men and women, both with different roles, however, equal in, in value. And um, we um, I actually want to go into right now um, that there is disagreement on this subject of um, being made in the image of God and how we carry the image of God today. Um, I just want to say real quick, there's a nice analogy that we, we like to say is that men, men and women are equal and Paul and recognize that they're different. They, but they're like different tools of a toolbox. Like a, like a guy is a hammer and a woman is like a, like a saw, like they're, they're both needed to complete the project. They're both needed for the construction of God's, you know, monument and temple to his glory but they accomplish different goals. Yeah. And I 100% agree with that. And like, like this society, our culture will tell you, Oh yeah, women get, get this job. And that's stupid. They'll say just raising kids and, and just nurturing children. Like we want to be, you know, the breadwinners, which first of all, on the topic of breadwinners, I'm engaged to a woman who wants to be a trauma surgeon and I'm starting to be a pastor. So she's certainly the breadwinner here. Um, just know that. But also, like, we absolutely refuse to yield to the culture's demand that we take the beautiful, amazing thing of raising children and treat it as the trashy loser job. Yeah. You know, I mean, a woman secondary forms the human being. Yeah, dreams. they form the human being inside of their body. Literally, the hum- human being at conception, by the way, and then it grows and grows until it can exist outside of the womb. I mean, that, and then again, and then she nurtures the child and feeds the child and, and all these things. And like, I mean, that's absolutely spectacular and ridiculous and insane and crazy. And then the male contribution is kind of lame if in comparison not to get too vulgar but i mean i mean really like all he did you know but anyway um and then it's like oh but he's the one who got to go work nine hours through the day so that he could pay for the food like if you think of which of those two jobs is more amazing and beautiful and difficult and challenging and spectacular like it is it it's it's just stupid and ridiculous that that the culture wants to make motherhood the lame trash job. Yeah. When it's actually amazing. And and it's that's a gift. that's why that's why yeah. we hold the door open for women. That's why that's why we pay for things on a date. Not because we're better, but because women in that regard deserve so much like care and respect, you know? That's why you go walk them back to their door because you want to protect them, all those things, you know? Mm -hmm. And then that's why God says, lay down your life for your wife as Christ laid down his wife. Wait, 
as Christ laid down his life for the church. Yeah. You know, that's a massive calling there. Yeah. So that's that's my soapbox so, there. I'm done. Yeah. So I'm just going to go over this really quickly. Some people would say that we lost um, our image of godness, I guess you could say, when we fell to sin. And others would say that we have it still. The disagreement here, okay, uh, it just lies in the fact that when we when we sinned against God, we lost our holiness, our righteousness. We lost um, we lost that knowledge that we had of our sin, um, and so in a sense, we lost those things. Yes. However, um, in First Corinthians eleven uh, verse seven, it says, "For man ought not to cover his head." This is in the context of uh, head coverings. That's a topic we can get into another day. Um, but it says, for man ought not to cover his head, since he is the image and glory of God. But woman is the glory of man. So the fact of the matter is that Paul makes it very clear here that we still have the image of God. That we still do. Though we have sinned against him, we are still, when God created us, he still created us in his image with the same moral values. Um, and and this this implies that we are still special in the eyes of God um, and that um, we are not like animals. If we lost that, then we would be just like the animals. So we still have the image of God. Um, we are still special. And that is exactly and really the only thing that separates us from the animals, the trees, um, flowers, whatever you want to make up, this chair that I'm sitting on. That's the only thing that separates us. Um, so with all that being said, we're going to discuss how this applies. So, um, we Firstly, have, we have a couple of things. First thing is worldview. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, well, yeah, we'll talk about worldview. Also, uh, guys, do we also want to talk about how, uh, being this kind of flies into uh, the face of modern science of, that teaches, uh, you know, macro evolution that human beings um, are the uh, their ancestors and their progenitors and their genesis is from primordial uh, slime. From well, yes. yeah, initially from primordial slime. Initially from the irradiance of combined stardust off of collisions of random matter throughout the uh, universe that initially formed life from water all the way up to the point of monkeys to the point of monkeys uh, becoming man. Like uh, we are taught with modern day evolution. Um, so I said the word macro evolution. So um, it actually has been very scientifically proven and it's really easy to prove like you can do this over the course of a lifetime. Uh, how to that like species make adaptations to their environment like this is microevolution. This is like Darwin noting the gene or not Darwin, but another scientist who worked with plants. You can uh, do this with fruit flies that uh, they have very short lives and they have lots of generations. So you can see their changes. You can see it with similar birds and their beaks changing to adapt to the trees in which they need to get into the bark instead of having it big. So it's more needle like uh, that's not anti-biblical, the micro evolution, the species adapting to its environment. 
But what is different is we're talking about micro or macro evolution, giant evolution, uh, different like species, different creations of God turning into another creation of God. It used God. to be apes. Evolution. Different. Yeah. So, so now that, that ties into if, if you are looking at life from an atheistic worldview, then you are looking at everything as if it is literally stardust with zero purpose and zero meaning. That's, that's all it is. Me and you, we're just stardust, bumping into each other, having fun, just stardust bumping into stardust. Nothing matters. That kid that you just had, doesn't matter. It's just stardust. There's Who no cares? cosmic justice. There's no, there's no meaning. There's no, there's no right there's no justice. There's no anything. That's the key right there, or one of them. Well, really it is. is there's there's no, no right and wrong, and there's no order. Well, that's really is the biggest one. There's no right and wrong because it's just by mere chance that this universe even exists. And and it, it sounds, so the atheists, well, they love to say there's no right and wrong because it's it's fun and they sound smart. But the thing is, they, they love to say that until someone steals their car, then all of a sudden there's something really wrong with someone stealing. All, they're all mad as though stardust bumping into stardust, as Pastor Jeff always oh, okay. says, has any meaning or some is right and some is wrong. That's just a different collision of stardust there ultimately, you know. So I want to show you guys, I want to share this one clip with you guys from um, Apologia Radio. This is uh, Pastor Jeff Durbin speaking here. Or, hey, how about telling an eight-year-old kid, hey, guess what? Good night. I love you. There is no meaning. There is no purpose. There is no God. There is no order. There is no good. There is no evil. Everything is chaos. Chaos. You're just going to live and you're going to die. And you're going to be gone. You don't matter. Good night. That is atheism, you guys. There's no purpose. There's no, there's nothing. You can tell your eight-year-old kid you have no purpose and it would mean nothing because it's just stardust. And the, the problem is you can tell yourself that. You can say it all day long and try and defend it. You can't actually live that way. No, that's, no one believes That's our that. argument with the atheists is to, to press them to actually live consistently with their worldview. No, it, it's not a consistent worldview. I mean, if it was a consistent worldview, like atheists, like the atheist suicide rate would just be through the roof. They'd just be going around committing ridiculous crimes. They would go around eating babies as the joke goes, but they don't. The, the thing is that they don't, and by their own admission, they prove it. It's like he was saying... Uh, of common claim that they would say is like there is no right and wrong which you know i'm sure you've heard it said but it's still a funny thing to say because that's making that's making a statement that's making a truth that's making a statement about truth like it's uh, typically it's under the context of there is no absolute truth which in and of itself is a statement of truth defining yeah. absolute truth <laughs> so is so, that true so we want to we want to <laughs> emphasize this though christianity the biblical worldview genesis is the only worldview that can give a consistent value to life. A consistent value because according to God's word in Genesis, we know that every single human being is created in God's image. From conception. From the moment of conception. From the moment of conception in the mother's womb. Abortion, what does that make it? Murder. That's what it is. Abortion is murder because it murders a human being created in the image of God that God is knitting together in the womb, a perfect little baby that deserves life just as much as me and you. So Christianity, the biblical worldview of God creating us in his image is the only worldview 
that gives a consistent value to life. Do you guys know about Hinduism? I'll tell you about Hinduism. They've got this thing called the caste system, okay? A caste system. And they split up people into value sects, you could say. And the very bottom, they are just completely, they're, they're, they don't matter. They're called society. untouchables. Yeah, they're called untouchables. They're like You literally outcasts. can't touch them. You will go down and cast you are, similar they, they, to them if you touch them. That is how every single other worldview views people. There's no consistent value unless it is in the Christian worldview. And how does America view people? Where does, oh, well, we're not, we're not like Hindus. It's not relevant to you. Oh man, it so is. What is the prevailing culture of America? Consumerism, greed, money. Your value in America comes from your money and your power. If you do not believe me, uh, one, uh, what America are you living in? Did you uh, talk about North America, not, not South America? <laughs> yeah. We're talking about America, uh, United States of America. In the United States of America, because of our secular worldview, your value comes from your your value comes from the money you make. It comes from how much money you have, the job that you have, and honestly, that's totally not biblical. It's basically the same thing because what are the what is the lower caste system in our society? Oh, you, you just thought of it. I know it's the home. It's homeless people. It's people on the side of the road that you can't make eye contact. It's people on the side of the road that you can't even bear to look at that you wish that they're, uh, what would I say? Oh, they're untouchable. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing. You think that America is any better than the Hindu caste system? Mm -hmm. No. And, and you also, it's the same thing. Are, be thankful for your country though, because you, you might say, oh, but it's okay. Cause I have rights in my government. We have, <laughs> we have rights in our country you know, the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. But we all learned it in public school. We are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights. rights. Inalienable rights. In, inali unalienable. Unalienable. So this is... Rights. <laughs> rights, whatever they are. <laughs> uh... But you see, you see what that did there. You, the whole concept, the whole basis of that was the Christian worldview. Exactly. It didn't say <laughs> we are endowed by our primordial slime ancestors by which we are virtually and ultimately the exact same as a pile of dung. Ultimately, we're just more complicated matter. So we have we, we ought not to murder each other. No, because that, that doesn't make sense. Exactly. So real quick, we'll we'll tie this up. Um, real quick, we'll go over like the philosophers of the time, like John Locke, they believed in the natural rights theory. I oh talked about gosh. it, and that it uh, it just proclaims that God existed, that our rights come from, uh, you know, our rights come from God, which is they are given to us from an outside force. Therefore, human beings like the government cannot give you your rights. God has already given you those rights, but the the job of the government is to uphold that. That is a very biblical worldview. That is the basis of good constitution. Your rights that you enjoy, those come from the biblical worldview. They were not indwelled by Thomas Jefferson because he was so wise. It's a biblical worldview. Exactly. So um, we just want to we just want to end up with this, you guys. That look at America today. Look at the United States of America and see what kind of things are going on. See how the idea that God created man and woman has been completely just completely thrown out the window and how we've turned aside exactly what we know to be true because our creator has deemed it true in his word. And we turn aside from those things 
and we start appealing to our feelings and to our sinful nature and what happens? The Equality Act, that's what happens. We start to change the way that we view things and we start seeing that somebody can be a cow if they want to be a cow. Someone can be a dog if they want to be a dog. If they so, identify as a dog. Don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. Don't want to hurt anyone's feelings, you guys. We like that's that's how that's how America has been going. So that's ultimately it's absolute autonomy. It is the the creation of God, made in the image of God, rejecting his creator and saying, No, I am not what you created me. I define what I am and who I am and what I do with my body. Yeah. So the argument always goes, my body, my choice. But did you know that your body actually belongs to God, your creator? So, and so does the body inside of you. And so does the body inside of you. So abortion is murder. And um, we're going to be talking about that a little bit later on. We're going to do an episode on why abortion is murder and why it's a sin. And um, Evan, go ahead. And last thing, as for those who have that, you know, who, who want to believe that there's something that they're not or other things like that, what we're saying is not that they're dumb and should be quiet, okay? What we're saying is with love and humility and compassion, repent of that sin and trust in the Creator who sent His Son to die on the cross for sin, who took that punishment upon Himself, same punishment for sin that we deserved, and you'll have eternal life. God will give you a new heart so yep. that you love righteousness and hate sin, so that you can actually obey your Creator and live at peace with Him. Amen. Amen, brother. That's good. So we're going to end with this. If sinners be damned, at least let them leap to hell over our dead bodies. And if they perish, let them perish with our arms wrapped around their knees. If hell must be filled, let it be filled in the teeth of our exertions and let no one go unwarned or unprayed for, says the great Charles Spurgeon.